0: Welcome to the Well Church Daily, where we take a few minutes each day to read a psalm, discuss its application to our lives, and pray over it as a way to anchor ourselves in the reality of God and His Word in this particular season. Um, I took a took a significant amount of time off from this last week. I took it off, and then yesterday I didn't do one, uh, just as a way for me to take a few things off my plate. Um, I think when this all started, we all thought that we we're going to get Uh, We're going to have less going on, but certainly for me, it's proven that that I'm busier now than I ever have been. And so uh, I was able to spend a little extra time with family and and really just take a break. So sorry to leave you hanging, uh, but sometimes you just have to delete some things from the schedule and then pick them back up later. So I'm picking this one back up. Uh, So thanks for joining us. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 12. Today we're looking at Psalm 12. And so I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. Psalm 12 reads this way. Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of men. Everyone utters lies to his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that makes great boasts, those who say, With our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are with us, who is master over us? Because the poor are plundered. Because the needy groan I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety for which he longs. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. You, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. On every side the wicked prowl, as vileness is exalted among the children of men. Really uplifting way that Psalm ends. (laughs) Uh, But a major theme, of Psalm 12 is his, his words. David opens the Psalm talking about how the faithful have vanished and what's left are those who lie. They, they're using the words to deceive. They, they use flattering lips and a double heart. They speak in that way. And then in verse three and four, David gets more specific about the abusive language happening and even calls God to cut off all flattering lips, which seems harsh, but flattering lips or, or flattering speech literally can be translated like smooth talk. These are smooth talkers here. And the sense is that these people are able to smooth talk people into deception. I don't know if you've seen people do that. They're able to use their words and eloquence and and, uh, uh, their charisma to actually get people to buy into things that are damaging or destructive. They make great boasts. They talk a big game and then they bait people in and then wound them, exploit them, and take advantage of them. And evidently, according to verse five, these smooth talkers are plundering the poor and taking advantage of the needy. But over and over again, this is important just in terms of the theme of scripture. Over and over again in scripture, we see that God takes up the cause of the poor and needy. In our culture, we view poor and needy people as unimportant or, or as unnecessary to uh, society or, or as um, even some sort sort of like uh, um, burden on society. But, but actually, God is the opposite in the economy of God. He actually loves those who are poor and needy. He actually draws near to them. He takes up their cause. In fact, Jesus tells us in the Beatitudes that it's the poor in spirit who will inherit the earth, not the strong, not the mighty, not the powerful, not the influencers, it's the poor. So this is why the Lord is moved to act on behalf of the poor and needy, to place them in safety. But back to the smooth talkers and the importance of language. The Bible is very clear about the power of the tongue. As a matter of fact, James 3 verse 5 says, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. So, so James is saying your tongue's small. I mean, comparatively to other parts of your body, it's, it's very minuscule. You wouldn't expect it to have as much power as it does, but it boasts of great things. It even goes on to say uh, how, how it can set entire forests ablaze. Like it is just incredibly powerful. Words matter. As a matter of fact, it might be that James had Psalm 12 in mind when he wrote this verse about the boasting of great things. And it's important to remember that Satan, in the biblical narrative, is the father of lies. So when we go back to Genesis in the Garden of Eden, we find this double-tongued, literally serpent talking big talk or or making great boasts with his words, taking advantage of Adam and Eve. He's promising things that he certainly can't keep. And he's actually deceiving them into believing half-truths to convince them of a lie that will lead them out of uh, um, life and paradise and into death and corruption. And it's interesting, the term double-tongued that we see throughout scripture comes from this image of a snake. And you've seen a snake do its slithering thing and stick its tongue out. You notice the tongue is a forked tongue. It looks like there's two tongues there. And the reason that it's that way, it gives us this, when we talk about double-tongued, the reason it brings up an image of a snake is because it's pointing us back to the serpent in the garden that told the half-truth, aka a lie, to deceive and destroy the first man and woman. And so when David is praying against those with flattering lips who boast great things, he's praying against those who would see- seek to employ the tactics of the enemy to destroy those created in the imago Dei, in the image of God. And let it not be lost on us that Satan's greatest weapon against us are ideas. And ideas come in the form of words. So it's not that Satan causes us or forces us to do sinful things or to believe so, It's that he uses words, lies, half-truths, to form ideas that shape us and lead us away from God. Simply put, words can either bring life or they can bring death. They can build up or destroy. When God speaks, life happens. We see it in the beginning. God said, let there be light. Light happened, life happens. When the enemy speaks, deception leading to death happens. So we need to consider as people created in the image of God, are we using our words to build up or to tear down? Think about your relationships. How do you talk to your spouse? How do you talk to your kids, your employees, your co-workers, other people in the church? How do you talk to yourself? Words matter. The psalmist knew it. Satan knows it. God knows it. He's the giver of words. So instead of being people who talk a big talk or use words to deceive, let's be truth tellers like God. But ultimately, let's run to the one whose words are pure. As we see kind of the climax of this this whole psalm when satan's ideas and lies come your way right when you're being tempted to believe lies and and be deceived when there's smooth talking going around or people trying to convince you of things that are not absolutely the word of god listen to the purity of god's word which are true and good and right he does not flatter he does not smooth talk he tells the truth and builds up and leads to life believing the smooth talkers leads to pain but believing god leads to life. Wickedness is all around us. Lies are spread like the virus around us. So immerse yourself in the purity of God's word and believe. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your pure words that lead us to life. And I pray for those who are listening, that you would train them and teach them and lead them into life by helping us to believe your truth rather than the lies or the smooth-talking deception of the enemy. And I pray that the way we talk to others would resemble the way you speak to build up, not to tear down. So, Lord, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for the purity of your words. Help us to live there. It's in Christ's name. Amen.